Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Joined by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Kevin, I have been trying to follow. Well, it's not on now. It was on ESPN uh, News, I believe, a few moments ago, and that was the five-on-five with Team Curry, and I forget the other team that they were playing against, but obviously I was trying to watch and follow Jalen Williams. Did you have success keeping up with Jalen in that particular game? I was able to keep up with most of it. ESPN, for whatever reason, annually likes to – you know, have a five-on-five conversation with four analysts and inter- player interviews who aren't playing, and they take their <laughs> yeah. cameras off the floor. Right. So right. I got to see most of Jalen's highlights, though. There were some some stretches where he was on the floor. You could see him in the background. You couldn't really see what was going on. But he finished with five points, six rebounds, three assists, a block, a steal, a drawn charge, and box score plus minus a plus 15 in 20 minutes. His team won by 19 and Randy, he he brought to the court what what I thought he would. He didn't try to do things that are outside of his comfort zone. He just does a little bit of everything, and some of it is is we can say that it's next level. He's doing some things out there, honestly, that guys at the next level don't do. There was a a a, a loose ball deflection. He was on the shallow left wing. The ball just kind of popped to him. A lot of guys would have been surprised by it and been lucky to corral it. He corralled it with his right hand and immediately in one motion whipped a bounce pass between two defenders for an easy yeah. layup for a teammate. So that's the one he made about I, four I spectacular. Yes. Wow. You, you just don't see a lot of that with guys even in the NBA level. Another play, a loose ball, he dives to the floor. Kudos for that. But in one motion, as he's possessing it and moving, he has the presence of mind to see a teammate and get them the ball immediately so you secure possession. You make sure there's no scrum on the floor or a turnover. Just little things that impact winning. And, I mean, he had you know he had an offensive rebound off a missed free throw. We've seen him a million times get position, maybe not the best position, but he out-times the other guy on the jump. So when you start looking at this combine, guys, his measurables, his agility testing, all that, none of that was going to be overwhelming. In fact, relative to other guys, it's underwhelming. But when you watch him play, it's what he does on the floor uh, to, to start racking up stats. So, you know, you say six rebounds and three assists in 20 minutes. When you look at how NBA extrapolates stats, they look at per 36-minute numbers. Well, that's nearly 11 rebounds and over five assists per 36. The two of six shooting doesn't is not a problem. He was one of four from three. Two of his threes were short-rimmed. The one, the other one that he missed, was in the. it was, looked like it was down and, and lipped out. So it was a good-looking shot. Uh, and then he had a pocket pass in two-man game, and he caught it about 13 feet from the basket in the paint, and a lot of guys that far away will take a dribble. They'll waste a dribble. He didn't. He made a pivot step there and dunked the ball without ever putting the ball on the floor. Uh, so I thought he did a good job in the pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop situations. He was out there on the floor mostly with Iverson Molinar the, as a primary handler, the guard for Mississippi State, who I thought did a horrible job in reading those situations. So. Jalen didn't get a lot of opportunities to shoot the ball or, or score it uh, based on some of the guys he was playing with. I hate to be like that, but that's what I saw. Uh, but I thought he did an outstanding job at both ends. Took a charge, another situation in two-man game where he's reading the action. Instead of pushing up and closing out on the, on the, on the handler, 
he stayed between the handler and the guy coming off the pick and, and picking and choosing, reading the situation. So he read the drive, waited on it, took the charge, and it's the kind of smart basketball we saw him have at Arkansas uh, where he's reading situations very quickly because it's bang-bang and making the right choice. So I thought he had a really good game, guys. You don't look at the fact he only had 5.6 rebounds. So this, you look at the minutes and the impact, and that plus box minus of plus 15 had a lot to do with some of the stuff he was doing out there to help his team. The other yeah. – I'm sorry, go ahead, Mark. Well, no, I was going to say the, the other thing that stood out to me, and it was deja vu back at the University of Arkansas. This is a young man who is having the time of his life. He's smiling, which yep. he constantly did at the University of Arkansas on the floor and probably did the same thing off the floor. But nevertheless – uh, he was just having the time of his life out there. He was enjoying playing. And you look at the other players, and it was obvious. Well, I say it was, to me it was obvious. I mean, they were locked in. They didn't. They were afraid to make a mistake. They were afraid to do anything that might take away from their game in the eyes of the scouts and the uh, brass that was watching the game. But I just, I just marveled in, in Kevin and Mark what appeared to be just the love of the game this kid has for basketball. Yeah, when he was, even when he was on the bench and stretches, you know, because they've got to let everybody get an opportunity, he was one of the first guys to stand up on a uh, when the shot would go up to signal a made shot. He was very excited for his teammates on and off the floor. Uh, you know, he had a blocked shot on, uh, under the basket where he jumped too soon and waved at the ball. But he, but he, yeah. but he stayed with it and ended up blocking the shot on the second. On the, on you know, so he's he's constantly reading a situation. A lot of guys, if they're moving and reacting, they can't think at the same time. Uh, but he's kind of doing both, and and it's you know, so it, a lot of it's instinctive. There were a few loose ball plays where he curly nil dribbled the ball, uh, you know, out near midcourt on a loose ball. Where those are even plays that some guards aren't savvy enough to make. And you say, well, what use What use is there in some of this stuff? You know, some of it just sounds like we're looking for things to, to comment on. But really, sure. he just does little things that stand out, that help save a possession, help win a possession. And you start adding those up, they pile up. So you don't have to impact the game by getting buckets all the time. Uh, you know, being a high flyer who's, who's blocking four or five shots. Yeah, those things are great. Jalen Williams gets it done in a multitude of ways, and you just kind of add it all up. Next thing you know, the team he's on is winning. He's making money, as the old saying goes. He's making money. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk with Steve. Steve, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Hello, gentlemen. What's up, buddy? Uh, Randy in the six A state championship baseball game. Uh, Conway's up four to nothing. Yes, sir. Watching right now. Wampus and uh, looking scoop. good. Yeah. Uh, Hope Scoop, I do have a question, and I want you to uh, think about it real careful. <laughs> By the way. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, Musman uses an eight-man rotation. Okay, you've got the six newcomers coming in. you got five from the transfer portal. 
Okay, we know the three five stars are probably going to be a one and done. But say the four stars, say they don't play, they sit on the bench. Do you think they're going to stay or do you think they're going to transfer? Because I'm afraid if uh, he keeps going the way he's going, he's going to start losing some of these top uh, recruits and they're not going to want to come and play. And that's all we got, guys. Yes, I couldn't hear a thing. I I faintly hear a voice, but I couldn't hear what he was saying or asking. Okay. He is worried about the – wow, we've got some feedback big time. Uh, He is worried about the five stars taking all of the playing time, and then you combine that with the uh, transfers that are coming in, that the four stars are going to be disenchanted, and he's worried about – because of the eight-man rotation, these guys will be basically left out, and uh, they're going to want to move on. That is his fear. Well, that very well may happen, but so far we've seen the formula for Aaron Musselman rebuild the roster, typically seven players. We haven't seen 11, but which we're now seeing, so we're going to see how that plays out. Uh, but he'll reload. I mean, he, this is how he recruits. I mean, it's not just at Arkansas. Basketball and college basketball, a lot of player moving in and out. Uh, so if guys aren't going to play, maybe that is the best thing for him is to go ahead and move on. Uh, and you just never know which of these guys that are maybe a little underrated or off the radar, you know, compared to the five stars. We don't know who's going to step up and perhaps create a niche and, and make it work. So there's always that possibility. But I got to think Eric Mussman's going to have these five stars on the court, and I got to think he doesn't bring in transfers not to play. Um, he just hasn't done that. That's not been his formula, and we know he doesn't play more than really. The guys getting the heavy minutes is about six players. There'll be a seventh or eighth guy check in, and then you might see the top six. Some in that rotation get tweaked and changed through the course of the season. We've seen it two years in a row, but that means someone that was in that top part of the rotation is no longer in it. He's just not handing out minutes that way. So, I, you know, there's going to be some collateral damage. There always will be. And, and uh, the portals swinging doors, man, at Arkansas, they're going to they, they move fast. So the caller makes a valid point, but I don't know that it's something to be worried about because we see Eric Melsman retool, rebuild, and win and, and continue to win recruiting wars. Now, nothing lasts forever. So we'll see. Are there, do the trends change in college basketball? Do the rules change a little bit to deal with it? Uh, is there something else that he might change or tweak in his philosophy? That remains to be seen. I'll be surprised if he does a whole lot of tweaking in how he recruits and plays guys. But, you know, that's why we pay attention to it. All right, Kevin, I, I, I realize you can't answer this, but do you really believe, on the other hand, we talked about Nick Saban adjusting. Can Eric Musselman adjust and what I mean by that is can you see him possibly going to a larger rotation than an eight man or seven man rotation I'll let you answer that when we come back Rick Schaefer out until tomorrow Marcus Elliott I'm Randy Rainwater let's check back in with Kevin McPherson better known as Hoopscoop courtesy of Hogville.net now I asked you a moment ago uh, right before the break I should say uh, Kevin, about the question of the eight-man rotation and the possibility because of the what appears to be the abundance of talent 
could we see that rotation, Eric Musselman expand that rotation maybe beyond eight men? Uh, could it be a nine, ten, eleven man possibly rotation? Well, first of all, several things. It's not, I don't think it's one answer. One is you've got twins. And I, and I just I think between the two of them, they could play one position in terms of minutes, uh, fouls. You, you know, you've got a lot to expend there with two guys. Now, they're not exactly the same type of player either, and they played some on the floor together at Rhode Island, but I don't know how much they'll play on the floor together at Arkansas, but they're certainly interchangeable in my view. So that may add a player to the rotation, and but only because of that factor that, you know, you basically are playing two guys at one position that are interchangeable. Um, so there's that possibility that could add a player to the rotation. The other thing is we know in non-conference, in the weaker part of the non-conference, we've seen Eric Melsman just sending guys in and out. If a guy makes a mistake on a defensive breakdown or a turnover, he'll get someone to the table. So you'll see more guys get some minutes in games that are meaningless or, or meaningless in terms of you don't really question the outcome as much, but you're using those you know, you're using that game. What's meaningful about it is you can get a look at some guys. Now, the other thing is Musman said back when he was coaching in the NBA, and I believe it was Sacramento his one year there, he was trying to play three guys that played a similar similar position and get them all minutes, and it just didn't work out. And pretty much that was a turning point for him, and he decided to figure out which smaller group works for him and go with that. Now, we've seen it change over time because we've seen Arkansas have struggles, and he he tweaks the rotation, but we really never see him get away from some games, guys. It's five guys getting heavy, heavy minutes, and the six guys not playing a whole bunch. Sometimes it's you know six or seven, a six or seventh guy getting in and playing some spot minutes. You go back to last year, Trey Wade got into that starting lineup, but he averaged 17 minutes a game. Chris Likes off the bench was one of their regular reserves, averaged 17 minutes a game. Devo Davis, who started part of the first part of the year and then came off the bench after that as a six-man, ended up being in Arkansas's top five in production, including minutes. So you, you basically had seven guys, if you really look over the arc of it, that, that had, you know, guys like Kamani played some. We saw Jackson Robinson get a, a few games here when Arkansas was struggling. They were trying to figure things out. But really, he stuck to that seven. And in two of those, six and seven, didn't play even 20 minutes a game, either one of them. So I just don't see him stretching that out much. And if he does, it means he's had a change in philosophy or a change in philosophy philosophy based on personnel on this one team where you've got three five-stars. That's unprecedented for an Eric Musselman coach team, right? Um, and we've also seen him bring in transfers that have more experience, grad transfers, guys that have played multiple years. He does have that in the Twins, and he's got it in Jalen Graham. But the Brazil kid, one year freshman, um, you know, you look at the, the Ricky Council. Yeah, he's played two years, uh, but I wouldn't call him a, a you know a veteran relative to how Musman's recruited the portal. So some things are going to be a little bit different just because it's been unprecedented for him. Does that mean the rotation expands? I don't think so, but we'll see. I think what's confusing, folks, more than anything else, though, Kevin. Yeah, he's got this seven-man rotation that he's stuck with over the course of the last X number of years. However, as Marcus loves to say, <laughs> however, 
I'm not sure he's had talent where you go, at least again, what we believe is talent, when you're going 1 through 11 or 12 or maybe even 1 through 13. I mean, where 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 is the, except for experience, where is the drop-off in talent? Yeah. Well, I think there's I think there's probably some drop off uh, in there, and I would say two years ago when he had that highly rated 2020 class, you know, I would say Devo Davis and Jalen Williams are both talented, and they didn't each of them missed two games in non conference against one of the softest non conferences I've ever seen in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So you know, Mossman wasn't just running guys out there and, and expanding his rotation because he had some talent and some top 100 recruited players he just brought in. So I think, you know, again, the, the three five-stars and, you know, this rookie council player that they've got now, the most recent one, I'm very impressed with him. I think it was a solid pickup. I think Tra- Trayvon Brazil, who was a freshman last year at Missouri, has a chance to be a pro uh, at some point. And, you know, I, th- I think Jalen Graham and the Twins bring experience and they bring some positive. I mean, Jalen Graham – was second team all Pac-12 last year at Arizona State. So I mean, you know, you're right, Randy. There's there's options here. There's talent. There, there's depth of talent. But Musman's had success coaching a certain way, and we see that he's not bashful about not playing guys if they're not getting it done. Uh, we've also seen him play guys extended time that aren't getting it done, and he, they keep playing. So you just never know with him. But I. You know, I look at the results, back-to-back Elite Eights, top 10 national finishes in the rankings, going on huge runs in mid-January that you put Arkansas in the conversation two years in a row as the hottest team in the, in the game for extended periods of time. And that's we haven't seen that kind of thing since the Nolan era. I always go back to that because it's been that long, but it's a, such a different game now. Those are the, the only comparison is, is just how well the, the program looks nationally you know from mid-january on arkansas is arguably two years in a row a top five team um so i I, you know i kind of got off the subject but i'm just saying he's got a formula for this so he'll have to stray outside of that to do better i'm not going to argue with success whatever coach wants to do (laughs) the man thank you kevin that's kevin (laughs) mcpherson bitter noise Hoop scoop courtesy of hogville.net.